the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. And you will recall that the fellowship in Corinth was in a state of constant turmoil as the people there sought to define themselves as Christians. It was a carnal pursuit that was all about changing externals in order to be or become something greater than what they already were in Christ. Now, Paul has addressed a number of issues, and he's working through a series of questions that were brought to him via letter from the Corinthian Fellowship. And he has addressed several of them. He addressed the single, and he addressed the married, and he addressed those that are married to unbelievers. And now he is going to show them the overarching principle that governs it all. And here's the thing. These people were seeking to make radical changes in their lives. Those that were married were seeking to become single in order they could devote themselves to God. Those who were single, according to the ascetic beliefs of the Jew, were seeking to become married in order to be closer to God. And those who were married to unbelievers were seeking to get rid of the unbelieving spouse in order to be closer to God. You say, wow, at least their motives were right. No, their motives weren't right. Their motives were completely off. You see, they wanted to be closer to God on their terms, and that's where the issue came in. So now Paul is addressing that overarching principle regarding external changes in the life of the believer. As we've already said, these Corinthians are still trying to affect their standing before God by altering their lives through externals. And the principle is that we are in the plan of God. Have you figured that out? We are. Not, we're not getting into, we're not becoming part of. We are literally in the plan of God. And we have no need to change externals. The word you will hear repeated is remain. Remain. Know God where you are. We don't need to move to where God is. We are in Him. Remain. Paul's going to repeat it. And so am I. Acts chapter 17, verse 28 says, For in Him we live and move and exist. That is, in Him 
We actually have our being, as even some of your poets have said, for we also are his children. Our lives are not based on externals. We live and move and exist and have our being where? In him. In these verses, we're going to read where Paul is going to assert this principle of remaining. And then he is going to give us an illustration. And then he's going to reassert the principle. And then he's going to give us an illustration. And that's basically the outline for verses 17 through 24. So here's the thing, guys. If we ever get into a place where we believe that our growth, our relationship with God... Our ability to have a relationship with God is about changing our circumstance. Then we've entered into knowing God according to the flesh, which is carnality. Here's the principle. Externals do not determine internals. Do you understand that? When you were saved, God didn't remove you from your family. He didn't change all of the externals around you. He didn't give you a new job. He didn't even give you a new vocabulary. He didn't take away all of the habits. He didn't change the way you walked or the way you drive or any of those things. He gave you a new source to live from through which these things might change. What takes disease away from the branch is the life of the vine within it. The branch is not trying to prune off the bad areas. The life itself is so strong and so vital that it will literally force the disease off. And the Father will come and prune it. Now, if you believe, though what you believe isn't going to change the truth... If you believe that you can draw closer to God through changing your externals, then you believe that your relationship with God is based on what you do. Good luck. You have to be completely miserable with that. You have to discover how totally incompetent you are at living the Christian life apart from Christ before you'll come to the recognition that, guess what? You can't do it. And relax and remain in the God that can. This is what this is about. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 to start with. He starts out and he says, Only let each one live the life which the Lord has assigned him, and to which God has called him. For each person is unique and is accountable for his choices and conduct. Let him walk in this way. This is the rule I make in all the churches. Now let's start with the first word. Only. Only. Only the Lord assigns life. We can redefine it. We can think we've redirected it. But only God assigns life. We do not create it or change it. Only the Lord has assigned life for the child of God. It is a life that you were called to. And you can say called is the same as saved. You were literally saved to it. That means, in other words, it is the unique life that you were created for. The unique life that you were created for. We can choose to live in the plan of God or choose to live the plan of God. Do you hear me? 
We can choose to live in the plan of God, or we can choose to live the plan of God. What's the difference, you say? There are a lot of Christians that will tell you that they know they're in the plan of God, but they're fighting every step. They're trying to change everything. They want to move it over. They want to take an access road if they can find one. They're constantly about what God needs to do within his plan. They're telling God that he hasn't thought this out well. Lord, don't you see how I'm suffering in your plan? Don't you see what I'm having to endure in this plan? And if I'm going to be in this plan, there's some folks I'd like out of this plan, all right? There's a difference between living in the plan of God and living the plan of God. Living the plan of God is a whole different paradigm and perspective concerning the plan of God. Because now as I walk in the plan of God, and just by the way, I recognize that every moment of my life is lived in the context of the plan of God. I accept it fully and freely. I look at the flat tire and I say, okay... I see the plan. My plans have changed, but I know, Father, that yours haven't. Now you say, now wait a minute, the flat tire is not in the plan. If it wasn't in the plan of God, you wouldn't have one. You mean to tell me God's that exact? I mean to swear to you he's that exact. He is every bit that exact. Every breath is measured. Everything that enters your life has purpose. Well, let me think about that. If everything that enters my life has purpose, then I have been complaining about a lot of the purposes. Well, it's the truth of it. The accountability that he speaks of is not for judgment against us. It is to prove the blessing of yielding to his purposes in every choice. We are to walk in this way, single or married, slave or free, where we are. Anywhere we walk in the circumstances of this life, we are blessed to remain in Him. You know where I was when I had a flat tire? In Him. You know where I was when circumstances went south? In Him. You know where I was when I lost my job? In Him. You know where I was when the kid rebelled? In Him. You know where I was when my health failed? In Him. Then what is the truth of my life? Is it in the circumstances? Is it in the variables? Is it in the good things or the bad things? Is the goodness of life being able to direct all of my circumstances in a favorable way? Is that the blessing of life? I will tell you what God says the blessing of life is. In Him. In Him. Ephesians 2.10 Who are we? We are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. This is a plan prepared for you before time. Where God planned this date with you. 
His unique child. This plan was created so that you may know Him. You get this. So that you may know Him in every external. That's the truth of it. Think about it. That God allowed for every choice you would make. And every experience that you would have. And made each moment. Each moment. The optimum moment. To know the I am. To know the God who is now. If he is the God who is now. If he is the God of the moment. When is the optimum time for me to know him? In the moment. In the now. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 18 19. Was anyone at the time of his calling from God already circumcised? He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called whilst uncircumcised? He is not to be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but what matters is keeping the commandments of God. Now that's an illustration. Because there were people, again, dealing with external. Some of the Gentiles were actually seeking to be circumcised in order to fit and be closer to God. Now, again, this is knowing God according to the flesh and changing to conform with externals. And Paul makes it very clear that we are circumcised of heart. That's the difference. In the new covenant, there is neither circumcision or uncircumcision, according to the flesh. For what we needed to remove was removed at the cross. It died. We have been circumcised of heart. Now, if you're seeking to change something about yourself in order to make yourself more acceptable to God, and usually and man, you're trying to revert back to the old covenant. You're rejecting the completed work of Christ. You're living in idolatry. And get this, the God isn't the God that we know. The idol that you're serving is flesh. It's flesh. We died with Christ. Colossians 2 verses 11 and 12 says, In him you were also circumcised, with a circumcision not made with hands, but the spiritual circumcision of Christ in the stripping off of the body of the flesh, the sinful carnal nature, having been buried with him in baptism, raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised Christ from the dead. We are literally reborn without the need. You have been born circumcised. The new creation has cut away, God has cut away the flesh as the controlling dynamic of your life. Now, what are the commandments that he's talking about? Well, he's talking about the commandments of the new covenant. Paul's not talking about the Mosaic law written to and for the Jew. He's talking about the commandments of the new covenant. Okay, so what are the commandments of the new covenant, they ask. Well, look at Matthew 22, verses 36 and 40. Jesus spells them out. The uh, Pharisees came to him, people who were very sharp concerning the Mosaic law, and they said, Teacher, 
which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. Now remember he said commandments, that's plural. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for others. The whole law and the writings of the prophet depend on these two commandments. Well, how did God fulfill the law? Through Christ's life in you. By giving you a new heart. Literally writing the law upon your heart. You see, this is only possible, what Jesus demands is only possible for the new creation. The heart of man apart from God is desperately wicked and corrupt, selfish. What Jesus is talking about is the new heart, the new mind, the mind of Christ. And in the same way, love your neighbor out of the love that embraces you. That sums it up. Live out the life of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 20. Here we have the principle reasserted. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was when he was called. Again, saved. You should remain in the condition that you were when you were called. Now, remember that Paul is addressing these people that are constantly grappling with these issues of external change. A woman is going to leave her husband, and a husband's going to leave his wife in order to draw closer to God. A, a person who has been single all these years suddenly feels pressed and needs to get married in order to draw closer to God. A person who is not circumcised but been saved suddenly feels the need he better get circumcised in order to draw closer to God. All of these are illustrations of people who are trying to grow the internal by the external. Knowing God according to the flesh. Paul repeats the principle, remain. Now, does this mean that we cannot seek better opportunities or look to improve our circumstances? Does he want those who are in school to remain in the grade that they are and never graduate? Does he want those who are engaged to remain engaged and never to marry? Is that what he's talking about? Not at all. The principle is that we are not called to seek internal change through externals. We are not called to seek internal change through externals. We are to embrace by faith that we are in the plan of God and we are established in Him complete. Our freedom, our acceptance, our life is in Him alone. Now Paul gives another illustration. Verses 21 and 22. Were you a slave when you were called? Remember, saved. Don't worry about that. Since your status as a believer is equal to that of a freeborn believer. But if you are able to gain your freedom, do that. For he who is who was a slave when he was called in the Lord is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when he was called is a slave of Christ. Remain. Now, the freedom that we have is greater than the liberty of the flesh. Isn't that true? It is greater than the privileges that man attains in this world. 
The Christian quadriplegic has greater freedom than the unbelieving professional athlete. For ours is not a freedom unto death like the lost. Ours is not a life of drinking from broken cisterns like the lost and the carnal. Ours is filled with living water that's ever flowing from the life within. Galatians 5.1 It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely, completely liberating us. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Completely? I am stuck in the same job, in the same marriage, in the same circumstances, with the same bad health, and the same bad children. What do you mean completely? Absolutely, completely free in Christ. Well, you know, I like the idea of being free in Christ, but I'd sure like it better if my circumstances were different. You have not learned to appreciate and love and embrace what Christ has done for you. You are still looking at blessing and liberty according to the flesh. You only know God according to the flesh. So that which is good for your flesh, you determine is the blessing of God. God says it is so much greater, so much fuller. So much freer. In the plan of God, we appreciate what God has done in the revelation of His life, both in the good and the bad, because the goal of life is knowing Him. The goal of life is is not becoming something, but literally expanding in the truth of what Christ has done through His completed work. We need to completely do away as much as it depends upon us with this worldly, godless perspective that wants to know God according to the flesh, that lulls us into this spiritual lethargy that's only based on our fleshly desires when it's convenient, when it works for us. What am I getting out of it? That's carnality, folks. And many of us are frustrated where we are with the Lord. We feel like we haven't grown. We feel like we haven't grown forward. We feel like we know all we're going to know. And we completely get settled in knowing God according to the flesh. But God has for us a revival of the soul to quicken and awaken you and bring you into the truth of all that He's done for you. To make life the exciting adventure that He intended it to be. The plan of God. The revelation of Christ. The truth of who He is is awaiting your faith. Will you know it? Will you embrace it? Listen, revival is not an external happening. It's an internal determination to believe what has already been done. That the Spirit of God blows up with His power. Ours is an internal freedom that is as big as the life within us. The life of Christ. This life takes the wreckage of our external living and works it to the good of our new life. He uses the limitations of our externals to call us to a higher liberty, a greater liberty. We are slaves by choice, born to the glorious captivity of His love. This is not diminished by the chains the flesh would have us wear. 
In the most miserable externals, we stand on level ground with all the saints of God in worship and in praise. We're never limited. We're never held back. We're never victims. Paul was a prisoner in a Roman prison when he wrote this. Philippians chapter 1 verse 14. He says, because of my chains, seeing that I'm doing well and that God is accomplishing great things, most of the brothers have renewed confidence in the Lord and far more courage to speak the word of God concerning salvation without fear of the consequences. Seeing, get this, seeing that God can work his good in all circumstances. Are you looking for the good of God or the good of flesh? That's what Paul's looking for. He didn't even see the chains as being limiting. (laughs) The chains of men do not diminish the ministry of a life that lives and moves and has its being in Christ. You cannot limit the ministry of God. 1 Corinthians 7, 23 and 24. You were bought with a price. A precious price paid by Christ. Do not become slaves to men, but to Christ. Brothers, let each one remain with God in that condition in which he was when he was called. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.